0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to ModPath Chat, the official podcast of Modern Pathology, featuring interviews with authors and experts on the latest science, technology, and developments in the field of pathology. Your host, Dr. George Netto, is the Editor-in-Chief of Modern Pathology and the Chair of Pathology at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Here's Dr. Netto.
1: Welcome to ModPath Chat. Our guest today is Dr. Daniel Baumhoer, a consultant pathologist at the University Hospital in Basel, Switzerland. Daniel is the head of the National Bone Tumor Reference Center in Switzerland, and my understanding that uh, this is a huge operation. You get uh, over a 1,000 reference uh, cases a year. That's that's a huge number. He's a contributing author to the current WHO Blue Books, both uh, in head and neck pathology and bone and soft tissue tumors. And he's also a co-chair of the Bone and Soft Tissue Tumor Working Group uh, of the European Society of Pathology. Uh, Daniel is a prolific author with over 150 publications, and he is here today to talk uh, to us about one of his group recent publications in modern pathology. And I I thank you, uh, Daniel, for always uh, sending us great studies uh, to the journal. Uh, The study uh, that we're going to discuss today is on utilizing molecular tools to differentiate osteoblastoma from its malignant mimics. Thank you, Daniel, for accepting my invitation.
2: Thank you, George, um, for the opportunity to, to be here today. Uh, it's a great pleasure and I'm happy to, um, to talk about the study.
1: Excellent. It's it's really a, 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 despite the complexity of the molecular techniques, is a very uh, practical study, and uh, I can see where this uh, uh, can can help us. Uh, so to, for our audience, uh, including myself, we don't do bone. Uh, thankfully, we don't do bone tumors every day. Can can you frame the issue and talk a little bit about the technology and why you, why you need it to to do the study?
2: Sure, sure. So as you all know, probably in the recent years, the methylome-based classifier had initially been developed for brain tumors, Mm -hmm. uh, which was reported in Nature in 2018. The classifier proved to be highly reliable and led to a better stratification, particularly of uh, poorly differentiated uh, and rare tumor subtypes. It's currently still available for free and provided by the neuropathology department in Heidelberg in Germany, So everybody can upload raw data and receives an automatically generated report within a few minutes. A similar classifier has been developed also for soft tissue and bone tumors, uh, which has been published last year in Nature Communication and currently includes 69 of 182 tumor types listed in the WHO Blue Book. In the new uh, WHO classification of brain tumors that was published only some months ago, more than 40 new tumor subtypes have been defined more or less exclusively by their methylome profiles. And these tumors differ significantly in their biological behavior, providing rationale for defining them as new tumor subtypes.
1: So this methylome and this classifier in brain tumor, and now you're saying in some soft tissues, work as, you know, correlate very well with, uh, with the ground truth of, of uh, morphology and cases that are very vetted in your right. experience? Wow.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I think we're we currently, um, soft tissue and bone-wise, we're not there um, as, as the colleagues from neuropathology are because they include so many more uh, tumor samples already in the platform. I think that in Heidelberg, they've recognized more than 100,000 tumors And uh, this system is a self-learning system. So the more tumors you put in, the more refined it gets. Um, And if you only have a few tumors um, that define your methylation classifier or the methylation class, it's not as precise as it can be if you feed it with more and more tumors. So the beauty of that is that actually if you put a tumor in in the system now, Uh, and you can't find a way to classify it, Uh, it might be classifiable in a few months or years because then the classifier got better and better and you can come back to the data and look at it again.
1: How how interesting. Uh, we don't want to get to all the uh, the problems, medical legal problems of, of the patients. True, a year later, true. saying hey, by the way, now we. Uh, but that's a different. But but so the system is self learning, and that's probably why Heidelberg offered it for free too. That's one of the motivation. You want more and more uh, cases to refine your algorithms, correct?
2: Absolutely. Wow. So. Um, they they chose a, a special uh, a mode of, of of training the system. So they have a, a cluster a, um, a supervised clustering system. That means that the system only recognizes a tumor when it fits into the methylation class. Here in Basel, we chose a different approach. So we made our own system. We have now roughly about twenty two thousand cases in our system, and this is unsupervised. So um, it's just it just uh, looking for the similarity of tumors between each other. Um, and so independent of if you have a methylation class that fits your profile or not, you can still say that this tumor is very similar methylation-wise than others that you already investigated and where you probably have a, a reliable diagnosis to. So these are the two systems that you can choose. We do usually both. So if we do a methylation uh, uh, muscle profiling we feed both platforms and see what comes out of that.
1: And, and the hope what the is f- that they agree with each other. The hope they, is-
2: they don't always do, uh-huh. but they usually do. And uh, what's very important with this technique is that uh, using the, the, the conventional um, arrays, you always get the copy number profile for free with it. So you have the methylome profile and you have the copy number profile that you can, that you can use for diagnostic purposes, which is, which can come in quite handy uh, if, you, if you're not uh, focused, if you not have to rely only on the methylome, but also on the copy numbers.
1: And, and as we're going to see in this specific study, it seems to be the case. So, uh, uh, so and we're talking for our audience, this is an Illumina platform as far as the, uh, the Infinium. For 50k or 850k, correct, and that, right. that that has been used, and uh, so it's interrogating uh, almost the whole genome for the methanome profile, correct?
2: Well, that's that's a good question, George. So currently, um, the there are in the genome around 30 million CpG sites, and the the epic array interrogates only 850k of those, so it's only about three percent, wow. and the um, And the methylation uh, classifiers, they also only use a fraction of this data. So it's very likely that with the increase of resolution in terms of sequencing, like, for example, methylomes or whole genome methylome sequencing, it's very likely that the classifiers will improve um, in the future because they only use a very tiny part of the data that is actually available
1: in the methylome. Excellent. What I was trying to say is, is, is spread across the entire genome, but clearly not. The, yeah, excellent. So it's not exactly whole genome. Excellent. Good to know. So, uh, right. so you use it, how many cases you did and, and, and why, why is this an issue even? Uh, let's talk more simply about right. osteoblastoma. Why does it have that many mimics?
2: yeah it it can so of course, if everything fits together, if you have the whole tumor and you have the corresponding imaging to it it 's usually quite straightforward but if you If you have to make the call to differentiate between a an, uh, benign and a malignant osteob- um, uh, bone forming tumor. Um, especially on core needle biopsies, that can be very difficult to do. And since the uh, therapy obviously differs quite significantly, uh, you want to be want to be as sure as possible uh, to make the right call. So, um, particularly um, uh, osteosarcoma and uh, osteoblastoma-like osteosarcoma, which is a ra- rather rare subtype, can be almost impossible to differentiate if you only have a, if a tiny bit of the um uh, of the tumor and then you you want to use every help you you additional uh, information you can you can get to to differentiate those two
1: excellent so if you happen to sample the osteoblastoma like area in an osteosar comes an impossibility and and but but my understanding there are uh, some tools you want to talk about before before going all the way to the methylome right
2: so um, the, the group from Adrian Flanagan, some years ago um, uh, uh, recognized or identified that um, rearrangements of FOS and FOs B uh, underlie the vast majority of osteoid osteoma. Um, and um, osteoblastoma, as well, also as uh, cementoblastoma in the jaws, as we recently found out. Mm-hmm. So this is a group of tumors. Um, I don't think it's a, the same tumor type, and they are still differentiated as se- separate subtypes in the WHO, which makes sense because they the one is self-limiting, has a very uh, a particular clinical presentation, and the other one is not self-limiting, can get quite quite, quite large. So it makes sense to differentiate them, but they have a a common genetic alteration underlying them. Um, picking up these alterations by uh, fluorescence in situ hybridization can be tough. There's, uh, as far as I know, still no commercially available fish probes mm-hmm. for that. Um, but um, luckily, there is a immunohistochemical surrogate marker that works pretty well, uh, and that uh, is now, since a few years, available as the first, well, to put it, molecular marker or surrogate marker uh, to to. Yeah, to differentiate between uh, the malignant and the benign bone-forming tumors. That is that the osteotosteomas and the osteoblastomas usually stain consistently um, positive with this marker. It's a crisp and nice nuclear stain. Foss. Um,
1: FOS, right.
2: Okay. FOS B, only exceptionally right. You're absolutely right, Foss. Um And osteosarcomas, they can have a focal or a few mm-hmm. cells positive which can, again, be difficult in a, in a corneal biopsy, but usually uh, the majority of cells are negative. There have been big studies to, to, to validate this finding.
1: Excellent. So, so it's a transcription factor due to the fusion with any partners. The gene gets overexpressed, and you can detect it by immuno or by looking for the actual fusion by fish. Uh, but it's not perfect, as, as you've seen. Nothing in life is perfect. So, so that's right. where we get to this study, right? So you did 77 cases?
2: Right. So first of all, as you know, uh, osteoblastomas are rare and uh, it's always difficult to get uh, to get larger numbers uh, that have a, a, a well-preserved tissue quality uh, because in many, uh, well, so we get a lot of cases cases from, from other institutes as consultation cases. Uh, we don't always know how um, they have been decalcified, if it's been an acid decalcification that makes things more difficult or if, if EDTA has been used. So we were quite... Um, um uh, fortunate to 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 get a set of 77 osteoblastomas in an international collaboration with uh, colleagues from Germany from the Netherlands and from Sweden and we uh, try to uh, do all the um, uh, um additional um uh, techniques or tests uh, to better characterize them so we did FISH we did immunohistochemistry, and also we did methylation and uh, copy number profiling um the um, Taken together, the the IHD and the FISH results, um, we found that 85% of the osteoblastomas were actually sh- uh, um, showing a, um, a false alteration. So the majority of cases it was it was uh, immunohistochemically positive, and uh, FISH was a little bit diff- more difficult to, to, uh, to perform because there were some dropouts due to technical issues and to the um, uh, preservation of the DNA quality. But taking both together, 85% of the osteoblastomas were negative, also implying that 15% of, uh, of those were negative, uh, which is always difficult. It, it doesn't rule out an osteoblastoma, but on the other hand, you would feel more comfortable um, if you have um, the alteration uh, that you're looking for.
1: Excellent. So 15% did see and, and fish did not show the false alterations, which, which leaves them uh, really uh, of interest to see are these osteosarcoma or not. And uh, how about the methylome, the more expensive? How expensive is that test, by the way?
2: So it's actually not very expensive. So um, we don't do it in house. We do it to, we, we, we send the, uh, the DNA out uh, to a, a commercial provider in Germany, actually. So we send it over the border. Um, and um, uh, we pay around, I think, I don't want to say something wrong, around 200 euros for the analyzer. So it's quite cheap, actually. Yeah. Um, but we only get, of course, the raw data back. So the, the analyzer is on our side or on the platform of Heidelberg and our platform. But uh, everybody can do this. Um, uh, you don't have to have the, the complete machinery uh, in-house to, to, um, to make these analysis. Amazing. So it's quite affordable.
1: Only 200 euros is probably like $250. Uh, The technology is becoming cheaper and cheaper. And then you plug in your raw data in in the two systems you mentioned, the Heidelberg or your own uh, algorithm. And uh, and so did it work?
2: Yeah, well, so the... um So, taking together both copy number profiles and methylome profiling was was very well working and was very precise. But uh, to be honest, the methylome profiles um, um, were not as precise as the FOSS testing. So, we had um, uh, um, a good um, statistical score matching, a, 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 a good statistical match. With uh, established classifiers of osteoblastoma, only in around a third of cases, mm-hmm. and in another third of cases, uh, it was still the most likely diagnosis given by the methylation uh, profiler, but it didn't match the significant score, right? And in one third of cases, cases especially in the Heidelberg uh, platform, it didn't yield any any diagnosis. So if it doesn't match with a uh, with an established class, it comes back as unclassifiable, which was the case for those.
1: Mm-hmm. But the copy number, on the other hand,
2: right. So looking at the copy numbers, which is not too surprising, but the copy numbers were very good in um, in, in differentiating those lesions. So obviously, um, hybrid osteosarcomas have a very highly rearranged uh, genome, so it has a huge amount of copy number alterations, and the osteoblastomas, um, well, get, well, as an average um, score that we that we calculated. Um, have less than 0.5% of their genome uh, rearranged. So it's a very um, low cutoff that you can use. Uh, um, and that's also an interesting uh, result of the study, actually, to show that osteoblastomas are not allowed to have, re- uh, have major rearrangements of their chromosomes, um, because obviously, at least in the 77 cases, and that's probably the, the, the largest set there is currently uh, analyzed by copy numbers, um, did not show any kind of uh, outliers. Mm-hmm. Um, the low-grade osteosarcomas, on the other hand, have um, not as rearranged uh, genomes as the high-grade osteosarcomas have, but at least ten to fifteen percent of the genome is rearranged, opposed to forty to fifty percent in high-grade high-grade osteosarcomas. And, so, um, if you sorry, sorry,
1: yeah. sorry, go ahead.
2: So, if you if you if you if you have a tumor. You can't really classify it with a methylation profiler, and you see it has like um, a completely flat copy number profile. Um, then it's very then this would fit, of course, uh, with the right uh, histology and, and and context well with an osteoblastoma.
1: Excellent, and because also the zero point five that you mentioned is really uh, it's still far far below even low grade osteosarcoma. Right and 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 if it's not uh, then then you should be careful right <laughs> absolutely yeah all right. This sounds uh, promising. So uh, I guess with this, I was expecting this is more expensive. So it, this is almost like uh, two immunos uh, right. cost, but of course, uh, uh, and doesn't seem like the algorithm is, is easy to use. Uh, any of us who get the data uh, or do you need some uh, really uh, strong computational pathologist in your department to, to interrogate that if you got the raw data?
2: well it's depending on on if you if you want to do the analyze on yourself on your own if you want to make a your own platform but then you probably need some someone who's experienced in that but that's learnable it's uh, um, so currently um it's more or less uh, you have like 850 thousand um uh, information spots that are that only that can be on And off, like you, they are methyl, they, the, the the CVG sites are methylated or they're not. Um, and you have like you can imagine like a switch box with 850,000 switches, right? And the pattern of it somehow correlates to morphology. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and currently we don't really know what that means, so we don't know what every switch means, we just look for patterns as we do under, under the microscope, right? So we also right. look for patterns, uh, and these patterns must must uh, have uh, some kind of of reason for for, for why they originate and perhaps uh, the methylome is, is is heavily involved in that and um, so you have this this huge amount of data and then you you use dimension reduction techniques um, to plot that on a td on a two dimensional plot and just see how uh, clusters form and how the similarity of those uh, uh methylome profiles uh, that's basically it. So it's actually not really rocket science, and it doesn't give you a huge amount of insight of how the tumor originates or what actually happens with the tumor. It just tells you that there is a. You can imagine it like a some some kind of a molecular morphology. Correct. It's another pattern that you can use, and uh, no one's. We. I'm not implying that that this might at some point uh, um, make morphology unnecessary. Um, but it's another; it's an additional layer, Absolutely. right? That you can use. And uh, so, if you have a, a very clear cut diagnosis, you don't need it, right? If you have a, yeah. a, a gastric biopsy for for astritis, you don't need a methylene uh, for that. But um, if you have an undifferentiated tumor, you don't know what it is. Um, then the methylome can show you. It might have been um, a, meth- a melanoma in the first place, or a mesenchymal sarcoma, or a me- or an MPNST, and there it really gets
1: useful great potential so two two questions is using your algorithm like haldelberg free right now or uh, or you charge so we can anybody can or not
2: so it's not a it's not publicly available yet. But um, oh, okay. if you if you would uh, like, for example, in a if you want to if you want to try it or if you want to um, if you're interested in it,
1: we collaborate you just with send
2: you. us a, some of the raw data and we we provide we we analyze them for you for free. So we're still interested in a, in collaboration, of course, with that because it's a new tool to play with, right? So it's uh, mm-hmm. the the limits are are not defined yet. So we we That's just right. have to try and see what what comes out of it.
1: And and it will enrich your database this way. And uh, and is it relatively user friendly, the Heidelberg, for or is it uh, different? Yeah, that's what totally I'm gonna...
2: no. It gives you it gives you a complete report. Wow. So yeah. it's very easy to to it, it, goes, it gives you a report with a diagnosis okay. or with a methylation class and, a, and a uh and the significance level or cutoff. And it also gives you a plot of the copy numbers.
1: Well Daniel this is uh I was uh, aiming at uh, just discussing our paper and we got a whole uh, educational uh, great lecture on methylomes and algorithms and how we're going to use it but that that's the future of our field and uh, uh, I fully agree with you and I, I my audience have, have heard me say that before that uh when morphology work is perfect but we have to embrace the new techniques it's just one added layer of assurance uh, like in this the difficult diagnostics so thank you very much and it's been uh, A real pleasure uh, to have you and uh, I I look forward uh, to receiving future studies and uh, so long everyone.
0: Any opinions expressed in this podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the views of modern pathology, Springer Nature, UAB or USCAP. Your ModPath chat host and scientific director is Dr. George Netto. Producers are Christina Crow, Amber Jackson, Dr. Sarah Jang and Dr. Catherine Ketchum technical direction is provided by Kaminsky Productions, music by Mitch Neubauer. Thanks to the authors, reviewers, and editors of Modern Pathology for making this podcast possible.